Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Sometimes I pick up the readings for the day and find an easy connection between the first Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading. Other times I have a hard time finding the connection. It's most beautiful when the reading speaks directly to me and guides me in a way that I need in the moment. It's very easy to look at the mirror in our bathroom and we get used to that image. And sometimes we go to someone else's home, we're washing our hands in their small bathroom or at a hotel and all of a sudden the light is different or the angle is different and we see things in our face somehow we didn't see in the regular mirror where we look. And today I am having that experience as I am reading two harsh readings. One from Galatians, we continue to hear Paul talking and admonishing and then Jesus who is talking to the Pharisees and both readings are harsh. Sometimes I have a hard time with harsh readings because I, I want to feel the comfort of God's words but Jesus isn't always comforting. Jesus sometimes comes to jolt us out of our nice mirror image that reflected back at us by our life. Look at the reading from Galatians. Paul is still talking about the distinction of living under the law and living under the Spirit and how that transition of living from the Spirit can be difficult for those that are accustomed to live under the law. And again, that image of looking at ourselves in a mirror and saying, patting ourselves and saying, okay, I look, I look pretty good. And then sometimes we look at ourselves in a different mirror and we realize, wow, I have wrinkles over here. I have all of these things that I have noticed uh, in my mirror every day. Maybe that isn't a very good image for the soul, but it is going to work for me today. Because Paul says, flesh and spirit are against each other. And he makes a long list of really traumatic words. And somehow I can think, oh, those words don't apply to me. But today I'm looking at it from a different angle in the mirror and realizing how much they do apply to me. Look at them. The works of the flesh are obvious, first of all, obvious. And I don't make them obvious all the time. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. Somehow, I've looked at these bag of words in other moments, and I have kind of thought, wow, that looks so heavy, not me. But today I read them slowly, and I, I was convicted about how easy it is to fall into these things. How easy it is in the slippery slope of listening to a song or watching a program or having a conversation, we can be immoral. We can be immoral. We can be impure. 
in our thoughts. We can be impure in our words. Saying profane words. How about outbursts of fury? Where we feel these emotional outbursts are justified in some way. Here it doesn't say when you can have them or not. How about rivalry? How about jealousy? Or acts of selfishness? And then all of these different forms of separation. Dissensions, factions, envy. The list is impressive. You probably heard my girls knocking at the door of the car. I had dropped them off at the door of the supermarket. Well, I was taping these words and they were knocking the door back with the groceries. So that was the knock. Um, but take a look at those words. The next words that Paul says to work in the spirit, in the fruits of the spirit, are the pleasant words. And I want to work. I've always focused on those, on joy and peace, love, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Somehow I have thought, I'll work on those. And I have avoided as much as possible looking at the list like I did today. And I recognize that I have to ask God with contrition in my heart for the ways in which I am selfish, envious, or I dissent, or I create factions, or I'm jealous, for the hates, for how my mind or my words or my choices lead in tiny ways. Because I think, well, that song is not so bad. In morality, no. It is working with God or working against God. And today, I hear Paul convicting me. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with passions and desires. Let us follow that spirit. Psalm 1 today. For our meditation. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked. And the counsel of the wicked these days seems to come in such subtle ways, in such cultural overload that is all around us, in commercials, in things we see on the streets, in invitations to things that are filled with licentiousness or passions or rivalry, the counsel of the wicked. We see it in advertising on the on the roads or you go to the mall and you see some things in cosmetic stores that you go, wow, how I can buy a product from something that comes from that kind of image of food, you know, that is outrageous in some way. You know, the sizing of it, the content of it. And I don't mean that we should be so persnickety, you know. But 
Today, I am really wanting to convict my spirit and say, Lord, I am so sorry for the ways, small ways particularly, that I allow a lot of things in my life that I shouldn't. Psalm 1 says, The man who doesn't walk in the way of sinners or sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He's like a tree, she's like a tree, planted near running water, yielding fruit in due, due season, and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he or she does prospers. Let us ask the Lord to help us yield fruit in due season, to help us be pruned of those things that do not please him, to follow what delights the Lord. Not so the wicked, says the psalm. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. The Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. And finally, Jesus in Luke 11. He has several woe to you. And let's look at what they are talking to the Pharisees. First, he says, you pay no attention to judgment and to love of God. And that is the connection to the first reading. That all those judgments, all those heavy words that we avoid acknowledging we actually entertain them or walk in those ways that we don't really sift our soul for the love of God and find that all the other chaff, all the stuff that just is not pleasing to the Lord and it is useless in our life and we engage in it. We waste our time, our energy, our money in it. Jesus says another woe, woe, to you who love the seed of honor in synagogues. So if the first one is a sort of neglect of our soul's alignment with God, the second is an attachment to the things of the world, which comes with envy and comes with jealousy and comes with rivalry because to see to be able to see ourselves seated at the places of honor, we have to understand that we are pushing others out that we are seeking them with jealousy and envy. And yet another woe that says you impose on people burdens hard to carry, but you do not lift a finger to touch them. That we are so mighty in the way we proclaim what ought to be done. In a way, maybe I'm doing the same thing right now, right? But I'm really convicted of my own way. That I have ways that I have to... Ah, ask God to, to prune me, to help me, to forgive me because I've overlooked them. I have overlooked things that I shouldn't have overlooked. Imposing burdens on others but not lifting a hand to carry them. <sighs> Self-righteousness. So we come to the Lord and we ask, Father, forgive us, forgive us our sins. 
Help us to forgive others as you forgive us. Because you are so merciful, so generous in your compassion. And sometimes we don't do that for others. And help us also to be compassionate and merciful to ourselves as we acknowledge the ways in we have fallen and not looked at your ways. We've overlooked your ways. We ask that you forgive us, that you give us new hearts, that you give us new eyes to see the way you see, that we have the strength and the courage to walk in your ways, that we delight in delighting you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.